Welcome to Connect Church. We're a new church in the East Windsor Heightstown area, and we're a church that is looking to connect to Jesus and community. We're so glad you've joined us. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Connect Church. My name is Frank. So glad that you are joining us today. Again, the heart of our church is to connect to Jesus and community. And so if you haven't filled out a Connect card yet, please do so. It's a way to help you get connected to the church and also a way for us as a staff just to be able to help you grow in your faith. Uh, today, we're closing out our series on frequently asked questions. Uh, it's been fun just to walk through some of the things that we often think uh, and comparing them to who God really is. Um, and how oftentimes we kind of experience one thing and then we kind of um, know that other things are true about God and we live in the in-between of it. So today we're talking about if God is always present, why do I feel alone sometimes? Feeling alone can be disorienting. And maybe today you're watching this and you can relate to that. Uh, maybe you feel isolated alone, like people don't care about you. Um, I can say I'm with you. So before starting Connect Church, my wife and I um, led a youth group at another church. Um, for me, it was my home church. It was the church I grew up in. And so a lot of the people that I knew from growing up um, were part of that church. And a lot of the people that I got to like lead youth group with were people who invested in me as a teen. And so it was just a mix of a lot of people who loved and supported me and, and new people who were part of it. Um, and it was kind of home. And as we transitioned out, it, it was really difficult to begin with to say goodbye to a lot of people who uh, I knew for a really long time. But then COVID hit. And, and so not only did I kind of lose a lot of the support and people that I knew, but now COVID hits and no one really talks to anybody at all. It was hard. And to be honest, there are still times where a lot of the relationships that I had then, I, I haven't been replaced. And so there are times where it feels lonely. It feels like you're kind of just living life on your own and, and trying to figure it out. And, and then on top of it, I, I have to wrestle with, I feel alone. I know God is present and he's with me. Um, and, and how does that work? Have you ever felt the presence of God at some point in your life. And even as I say that, maybe you felt it now as, as we begin to talk and you're like, you know, God heard me. He knew I was alone and we're, they're talking about it today. Or maybe it was during the worship song you love worshiping. Or how do you know that God is with you? Is it like this tingly goosebump feeling where you're like, God is here. He's present. Is it where you're overwhelmed with emotion? And then again, it's like, God is here. Is it this unusual peace? Whatever I'm facing, I know I'm okay because God is with me. But then if I don't feel that, if I don't feel like God is with me, is it my fault? Is it someone else's fault? Is it God's fault? What's happening here? What do you do? When you know that God is there, but you don't feel it, we begin to ask, is he real? Is he who he says he is? Yeah, I know that, that like he's God with us, but like, I don't feel that right now. So what do I do with that? Or maybe even more like you're in a service and you see people obviously having some kind of encounter with God and you look around and you're like, I don't feel what they're feeling. Is there something wrong with me? Is there something wrong with them? How do, I, how do I reconcile this? Or maybe I just don't feel God like I used to. Maybe you look back to your younger years or a period in your life where you just feel like God was speaking and working through your life and you look back and you're like, what was the difference between then and now? 
I want to believe that God is always with me, and yet sometimes I don't feel it. And so today, if you feel that way, I just want to say you're not alone. And that's why we're talking about this today. But we're going to kick off by reading from Psalm 16, and it says this. It's the words of David. I know the Lord is always with me. I will not be shaken, for he is right beside me. No wonder my heart is glad and I rejoice. You will show me the way of life, granting me the joy of your presence and the pleasures of living with you forever. David is speaking about his desire to be with God as being the greatest desire in his life. And this comes from a decision that he made to put God first. There was a security for David in the knowledge of God and the fact he was with him and that he was present. And this decision brings hope to David. That's why he can say things like, you will show me the way of life. I know you're with me. That gives me hope. The way of life is something that David enjoyed and we can enjoy today, both now and forever. Uh, we can do that because we know the presence of God is with us. When we go back to the first verse here, we remember that his life of gladness and rejoicing and fullness does not mean a problem-free life, but it is a life committed to God. And in that committing to God, again, we know that he is always present. Again, doesn't mean that hard times won't come and it won't feel like God has forgotten us and that he doesn't see us. But we know when we live in a desire for God first, more than my own desires, I know that he is present. Now, this psalm sounds great. And maybe you're reading that and you're like, I'm glad David felt that. I don't. We contrast this with another psalm that he writes where he feels like God is far. In Psalm 88, he says this, O Lord, I cry out to you. I will keep on pleading day by day. O Lord, why do you reject me? Why do you turn your face from me? Why can't I feel you? Why does it feel like you're not present, like you're not there, like you were before? I know you're there, and yet it feels like you've rejected me. It feels like you've forgotten me. Here, David is running from for his life from his enemies. And if you know the story, he runs from Saul for a really long time. And often it's the, this wavering of, God, I know that you're faithful and you're good. God, why have you forgotten me? God, I know you have something big for me in the future, but right now I continue to stay in the same spot. Where are you? The life of Paul, he wants to preach. Again, God radically changes his life, and yet he finds himself wandering, building tents. God, I thought we were going to reach the world, and yet I'm building tents? Jesus spends his whole life glorifying God, and yet as sin is on him, God turns away. If you don't always feel like God is present, again, you are not alone. This is a tension that we see all throughout Scripture. And so today as we kick off and we walk through this idea, I first want to just lay out some ways that maybe this is why we don't feel God. The first reason is this. Maybe we look to feelings as the main sign of God's present. So maybe you're just always looking for something supernatural and awe-inspiring, and maybe you walk into a service or a moment, and you just want to get the goosebumps and the chills, and you just want to see the tangible, physical, like God show up and do something crazy, and that's all you look for. 
And if that's you, it, it can be that. But again, sometimes it's the still small voice. It can be a great and miraculous thing, but sometimes it's the ordinary. And if all we ever look for is, is the big, we'll miss where God is working in the small. In John 6, they, they challenge Jesus this way, and it's fascinating. He's, they say this, they say, they answered, show us a miraculous sign if you want us to believe in you. What can you do? And I think this question is very interesting when it comes to us, again, believing if God is with us or not. I think sometimes we show up and we get to God and we say, show me something miraculous. What can you do for me? And then sometimes that doesn't happen and instantly we just think God's not present. God doesn't care. They ask him, what sign will you give us so that we can believe in you? What will you do to impress me and to prove that you're real? And again, let's be honest, some of us crave this. We, we look to God as a means to do stuff for us, to make us feel good, to heal broken situations. And then if that doesn't happen, again, God must not be present. I want to feel something. I want to see something. Maybe you've been there. Maybe you're there now. Maybe you've been praying and asking for God to do something for a long time. And yet you just don't feel like he's there or he's working or he's moving. Or, or maybe you've just been part of like a significant moment. And again, this was a place where like God was supposed to show up and move. I, I think of as a teen, I would go on these retreats and conventions and some of them I would show up and I feel like God would, would speak to me and he would guide me. And then some, it just felt like I was going through the motions. And as I'm watching other people my age, some of them respond and, and have incredible encounters with God. I remember sitting there and being like, what are you going to do for me? I, I want to know you're here and it doesn't do something. Today, feelings aren't the only evidence of the presence of God. If all it ever was about was feeling, we wouldn't need faith. If we felt like God was always present and he was always there, then we wouldn't need to have faith. If you always give into your feelings, again, your life would probably look different than it does right now. Feelings, again, are not good um, ways to decide where we always go. I'm a pastor. I've done 13 years of ministry and pastoring at this point. And I just have to say, most of where I see God working and moving is in the ordinary. There are very few moments where I sit back and it's like, my breath is taken away and it's like, God is here, he's working, he's moving. But that doesn't mean that God isn't always working. And even this week, I've been reflecting and looking back over the past couple months. They've been difficult and trying and, 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 and trying to lead and, and just people are going through a lot and, and feeling like, am I making a difference? Does this matter? And I step back and it's like, okay, I feel this way. But as I step back and look through the lens of faith and knowing that God is with me, I see all of the small, incredible things that God has done. Maybe we're looking for a sign when Jesus has already shown us his love. And it's not about what God can do, but it's about what he has already done. That the ultimate display of love to show that God is for us and with us is when he sent Jesus to die. And it's in his death that we know the curtain 
where the presence of God was, was stuck in a room, was unleashed all over across the earth so that we could have God with us at all times. Maybe the second reason that we might not feel like God is present is that our hearts have hardened. Today, maybe you've just grown cold to the things of God. In Matthew 13, we read this. It says, this is why I use these parables. For they look, but they don't really see. They hear, but they don't really listen or understand. This fulfills the prophecy of Isaiah that says, when you hear what I say, you will not understand. When you see what I do, you will not comprehend. Again, maybe at some point you followed Jesus and you were on fire for him and you knew that he was with you, but at some point your heart has grown hard. And the close relationship that you used to have with him just isn't present anymore. And here are just some ways that our heart sometimes gets hard. First, maybe someone hurt you. Maybe somewhere along the way, someone said something, they did something that really hurt you. And maybe your gripe is legitimate. But as you walk in unforgiveness and bitterness, oftentimes we sit there and we hold on to this grudge thinking that it's going to like affect the other person. Meanwhile, they're like living life and having a great time and you're there getting bitter and angry. And nothing changes our hearts faster than this. So today, maybe you don't feel like God is present and he's with you. Could it be that somewhere along the way someone hurt you and it's time to forgive them? Today, you just need to search your heart a little bit and see if that's the reason. The second thing is disappointment. Maybe at some point you just like put it all out there and you believed big that God was going to do something and it didn't go the way that you wanted to. And so today you're discouraged and you're just kind of like, ah, whatever happens, happens. Uh, Recently, again, this has kind of been where I've been lately. I've just kind of been discouraged a little bit. And and I, again, I begin to just think like, well, I, I took a step, didn't feel like God was there. So I'm just going to play it safe now. And I'm just going to do things that I know that I can kind of control and, and, and manage so that like when I take a step, things will happen the way that they're supposed to. And I miss God working. And, and it's funny is like I'm there and, and we had our staff retreat a couple weekends ago. And, and one of my friends came and he spoke and he said this line that completely changed my view and, and the way that I was looking at life. And it was, if you believe that God was really with you, how would it change how you live? And for me, it was just a moment of like light bulb coming on. And it's like, look, discouragement has made me live. Like, I don't believe that God is with me. And I'm doing things in my own strength. And I need to, one, repent of that. But then two, also invite God to restore my faith, to live in a way and to lead in a way where God is with me. The last reason our heart may grow hard is just um, ongoing sin. Uh, We just accept sin and we just continue to go into the pattern of it. And and again, scripture is clear, like sin pushes us away from God. And so maybe today you feel like God is really far. Again, maybe it's just a time to search our heart and see, is there something I'm doing that I know is wrong? That somewhere along the way, I've just grown like used to it. and, And it's affecting my ability to know that God is with me. And the last one is this, maybe you're just too busy doing religious things and you are just so busy like serving at church and helping people and doing all the right things and you're missing God. And because of that, maybe you're burnt out, you're tired, you're exhausted and you're going off of your performance and not his presence. 
you're doing duty instead of devotion. And, and so because of those, that, that tension going on in your heart, you just run yourself ragged and tired. And so you're just like so worn out that you can't even feel God anymore either. Today, God wants us to draw closer to him. In Acts 17, Paul's preaching in Athens, and we read this. It says, from one man, he created all the nations throughout the whole earth. He decided beforehand when they should rise and fall, and he determined their boundaries. His purpose was for the nations to seek after God and perhaps feel their way toward him and find him, though he is not far from any one of us. So we should reach out to God and seek him. But the interesting thing in this is, is that the, the hard times, the feelings of loneliness and sometimes despair are actually what make us look for God even more. Comfort and ease often bring out the bad in us. Comfort makes us lazy. Hunger brings out desire. And, and when you don't feel God, it makes us want to be with him more. I love the language used here that we would perhaps feel our way toward him and find him, though he is not far from us. Again, what I read here, God is close. Today, would we turn and search for him? Perhaps would we feel our way toward him? Perhaps would we change our heart? Perhaps would we look at the things that are going on deep inside of our heart and would we turn towards him because he's there? God wants to be pursued. He's relational. He is a jealous, jealous God. He wants us. He wants our hearts. He wants our devotion. He wants our desires to be towards him. In Jeremiah 29, I read this. It says, if you look for me wholeheartedly, you will find me. I will be found by you, says the Lord. Just because God is distant, it doesn't mean that he is absent. Feelings, again, are not facts. Feelings are not what should dictate my faith and my life. We need to get out of our feelings and to begin to move in faith. Sometimes we just need to get faith activated in our minds again and to do the right thing, to turn towards God. There are moments recently where like, I don't feel like loving my daughter. I know that sounds crazy, but hear me out, right? So I'm changing her diaper. Uh, she, she had just taken a big, um, a big poop and like she's smearing it all over herself and thinks it's hilarious. And like, I'm like kind of OCD about being dirty. So I'm like panicking and freaking out. And it's like, she's smearing it on her feet. And now it's beginning to get smeared on the couch. And I'm like, come on kid, like, what are you doing? You're killing me. And then she pees. And now that goes everywhere. It's all over the couch. Uh, and then she starts to roll all over the couch. And so now everything is going everywhere. And I pick her up like to try and like get the situation back under control. And now she starts to cry. She's mad at me. And I'm looking at this and I'm like, how are you mad at me? Don't you see what you did? Like, I'm not the bad guy here. But then I step back out of this moment. And I remember why I love her. She's the best. She's a good kid. And she's, she's my kid. Like, I love her wholeheartedly. And if I were to just base, like, the one year that she's been around us in this one moment, I would forget all of the good and the, and the fun times that we've had together. And, and sometimes our view of God is like that. We, we see we're in this one moment where it's like we feel like he's absent, like he doesn't care. And we forget all of the times where he has been present. 
Again, you know where I feel God the most? It's in the ordinary. In the passage I read that day. In the song that comes on the radio where my friend says the thing that I need to hear at just the right time. Or I just come home and I see my wife and my daughter and I see the faithfulness of God and how good he's been to me. God is present. And one of the promises in scripture is that if we seek him, we will find him. Now, how do we do that? First, we need to remind ourselves of truth. If I feel alone, I often think that that means that I'm alone. But loneliness sometimes is God's way of stripping the external comfort in our lives away from us to drive us back towards him. I often use loneliness, if I'm honest, as a way to kind of like work harder to prove myself more of like, or just to distract myself. If I feel lonely, it's easy just to get incredibly busy this way, then I don't have to deal with that. But instead of that being my response, it should be to turn back to God. There are times where sometimes God lets us feel lonely, not so that we would turn our hearts back towards him. It drives us deeper into his word and into his prayer, and it makes us desperate to seek him. Christ knows we can't find lasting comfort in anyone or anyone else. And so sometimes loneliness stirs in our hearts to remind us that maybe the things we put like our passion into are not what, what's meant to fulfill us. By removing earthly comfort, we move into one of two directions. The first is to turn back to God and to seek him. Or we turn towards an unrepentant heart. And that ultimately then begins to desire comfort more than Christ. And so what we'll begin to do is to just fill our lives with lots of things to forget that we are lonely. Again, loneliness helps us turn our hearts back to God. Then sometimes we just begin to think no one understands I'm the only one who's going through this. I'm the only one who's struggling with this. I'm the only one who has suffered this way. No one will ever be able to understand my pain. If I believe that there is nobody who can actually understand what I'm going through, then it tempts me to shut others out. And the danger of this is that then the fear of loneliness that we don't want to end up towards actually happens. No one's like me. No one understands me. And so I just push people away. And before you know it, I get what I look for. I'm alone. If, if no one can actually like exp or empathize with me, then it's just better to be alone. And then we're alone and we realize that this actually just sends me towards bitterness, depression, anxiety, hardness, regret. And in those moments, one, we need to remind ourselves that Jesus is the only one who can fully enter into our pain fully and completely. He can enter into it because he knows our heart. He knows our temperaments. He knows our insecurities. He knows our fears. He knows our emotions. He sees who we truly are and he loves us. And see, our Savior does not comfort us by cheering us on from a distance, but he actually came to earth and did something about it. He comforts us with the assurance of our salvation. He comforts us by sending the helper, the Holy Spirit, whose one of his roles is to bring comfort to us and to be God with us. The body of Christ provides us with strength, courage, and boldness. One of the things that you hear us talk about consistently here, and I probably will for a long time, is the need for community. Because again, we often think 
No one understands. No one knows. No one's going through what I'm going through. And then we actually sit down in a group of people and actually live life with them. And we see, hey, we're all kind of going through the same things. Hey, this is what God spoke to me in here. And so sometimes loneliness may be a reminder that we've shut out the people in our lives who should be speaking to us. And it's a time to realign our hearts back to the people that we need to help us live for God fully. And the last thing is sometimes when we're lonely, we begin to think that God must not be loving. Why would a loving God send me down such a lonely road? If he really loves me, wouldn't he send me encouragement, support, understanding things that I need to help me get through this? And the crazy thing about this is, is that God actually sent his only son down the loneliest road ever known to man to say, I will walk this road with you. Without Jesus, our suffering would often be in vain. It wouldn't have any purpose to it. But because Jesus was willing to step into the place where we are and to experience what we've experienced, he can say, hey, I'm with you. Because of Jesus, the very presence of God is with us everywhere that we go. And oftentimes loneliness shows us kind of the path that Jesus walked through when he was on earth. And it's so that in that pain, we can experience the greatest comfort that there is, which is knowing Jesus, the one who, who perfects our faith and brings hope and he brings life and he brings forgiveness. Again, loneliness points us to Jesus, who is in the garden praying by himself before he's about to be crucified by the very people that he creates. His friends, his closest followers fall asleep on him. He goes and he wakes them up. They fall asleep again. And Jesus, again, people he cared about denied him. They turned from him. And, 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 and again, the very people he created and he could have saved, he didn't do any of it. He let himself be beaten and die so that we could be forgiven. So that we could experience God and in that his presence that is always with us. Today as we close, I just want to invite you to make some decisions. Maybe you're watching this and, and you've never decided to put your trust in Jesus and, and to turn from, from our sin and the thing that's going on in our lives that's keeping us from God. I don't know how your experience of God has been or if you ever have. Uh, maybe your experience of God has just been an empty ritual. Maybe it's something else someone makes you do. Uh, maybe today you're, you're in a relationship where like the other person's really into this and you're not. And maybe you've even tried and you've taken some steps and you just feel like God hasn't met you there today. Again, God is a relational God who wants to know you. And, and even where you're at today, I just would encourage you again. Would you just say, God, reveal yourself to me? Would, would, you, would you just meet me where I'm at? And maybe you've been looking for the grand gesture like we talked about and it hasn't happened today. I just want to encourage you, look for him in the small. Even as this video winds down, maybe pause it or just be still for a moment and see if God would show up and if he would work in your lives. God is so relational that he came to earth and he showed his love for us. He sent Jesus who would ultimately die on the cross where we could be forgiven for our sins. That is how much God loves you. He saw us in our guilt and in our shame and in, the, in our distance between us and God. And he sent Jesus to come and die in our place. When you ask him for forgiveness, 
he reveals himself to us. He forgives us. He he shows us who he is. And, and again, even today, maybe you never have experienced God before. Sometimes it takes turning from some of the things in our life that, that we know are wrong, that if we examined our heart, we, we know we feel guilt and shame about them and we turn from them and we turn towards Jesus and say, I'm sorry, would you forgive me? And in those moments, he shows up, he works, he moves, he brings healing from the shame and the guilt that we feel about decisions and things that we've done. And today, if you make that decision, I just want to encourage you. There's a link on every platform that says, I've decided to follow Jesus. You can click that and let us know. We would love to follow up with you and help you understand more of that decision that you've made. Today, for those of us who do follow Jesus, loneliness can open us to a deeper knowledge of God's love. I've learned when I embrace my loneliness and I turn towards God, rather than feeling discouraged and despair, I actually find his comfort. But the problem with that is, is everything in me is when I begin to feel alone, I would rather like wall up and, and just get buried in my tasks and to-do list than I would turn to God and seek who he is. When we run from loneliness and we don't let God in, the pain that we're trying to run from and to avoid often creates more pain. For example, maybe today you're just watching this and you're exhausted because your social calendar is absolutely packed. When you're not working, you just make sure you stuff in as much as you go to the gym, you hang out with friends, you hang out with coworkers, you do everything you possibly can so that you never have to be still long enough to deal with the loneliness and the pain that you may be feeling in your life. There's nothing wrong with hanging out with friends and doing but again if it's a way of trying to just not deal with what's really going on in our lives if it's just a way to distract us again from turning to the one who brings wholeness who is always present there is something wrong with being so busy that we're just trying to bury what's really going on in our hearts god calls us to live balanced lives in which we are not afraid of solitude or loneliness. We embrace these things. Again, for me, one of the greatest habits that I've learned over the last two years is like being alone and being silent. Because it's in those places, again, where my heart turns back to God and I need Him. And I'm not distracted by all of the things going on around me. Loneliness points us to the one who is always with us. The season of Advent kicks off next Sunday, which is crazy. Like, where did this year go? Um, but Matthew 1, verse 20, we read this. It says, As he considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. Joseph, son of David, the angel said, Do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for the child within her was conceived by the Holy Spirit, and she will have a son, and you are to name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. All of this occurred to fulfill the Lord's message through the prophet. Look, the virgin will conceive a child. She will give birth to a son and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. We are about to, to celebrate Christmas and the Advent season, which we know comes with the birth of our Savior. His name is Emmanuel. God is with us. The very essence of who God is, is that he is a present God. God is with you. When you don't know what to do or where to go or what decision to make, God is with you. 
When you are hurting, God is with you. When you feel alone, God is with you. When you can't sleep and you are anxious, God is with you. When you sin and when you fall short, God is still with you. God is a present God. And today, if you don't feel him, again, I just want to encourage you to search your heart a little bit. Has there been past hurt, disappointment, or ongoing sin in your heart that is putting up a wall where you don't experience the presence of God? Or maybe have you made experiencing God something that it's not meant to be? Maybe are you always walking into it with like, God, do the big thing. Prove yourself to me. And instead, we need to be still and we need to be silent. Remember, God wants to be close this week. Call on him. In the moments where you feel like he is absent, instead of just getting busy, turn to him. Ask him to show up. Be still before him. No matter how overwhelming the moment may feel, God is present. In Psalm 16, we're reminded of this. It says, I know the Lord is always with me. I will not be shaken for he is right beside me. This is our prayer. No matter what I go through, no matter what I, what I experience, will I not be shaken because I know God is with me. Because even when it hurts, I turn back towards him and I remind myself he is present. Today, are you feeling lonely? There is someone who understands your heart. He knows your thoughts. He feels your every emotion and he longs to know you. He's with you and he's for you. Today, would we live in faith over feeling, knowing that he is Emmanuel, God with us. Join me as we close in prayer today. Jesus, we thank you for who you are, for your love, for your grace, and that you are the God who is with us. You came to us while we were far from you, while we were in our sin, and you gave up your life so that we could turn to you and call on you to save us from our sin, to save us from our mistakes. Jesus, today I pray over everyone listening and watching to this. Would you reveal yourself to them? Give us the discipline to, to be still, to turn to you when everything in us screams to run the opposite way because we don't think you're with us. Would we turn to you? Would we look to you? And as we do that, God, I pray that you would show up and you would work and you would move. God, maybe not in the grand big things and, and the goosebumps, but in the still small voice. God, give us ears to hear. Would our heart be sensitive to who you are? Remind us you're with us. Remind us you see us. Would you encourage us and speak to us this week? In your name I pray. Amen. Thank you so much for joining us today. Have a great week, everybody. Thank you for joining us today. We hope this encourages you to take your next steps in your faith journey with God. You can check us out more on connectchurchnj.com. Have a great day.